Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Corinthians. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. We're deceived thinking that, gosh, if we drink certain alcoholic beverages, we're going to have the cool jet ski, we're going to have all the hot guys and gals, and we just got this awesome bunch of friends because the billboards show us that regularly. That's how you're going to be cool and, and have cool people to hang out with and all of a sudden look really good all of a sudden. You're thinner, you're buff, you know, you're just built just right, you know, whatever that means, right? I mean, that's the mind. Now, who's foolish? These guys are doing this because they know it affects us. They're not reflecting, they're trying to affect. It's just, but again, they tell us they're not, but it's not true. Let's move on. The next one was spiritual hosts of wickedness. Well, I think we could summarize that as maybe a pseudo-spiritual or this idea of pretending to be spiritual. And this idea comes from this all roads lead to God. So it's all the isms, all the things that really don't represent God in any way the true living God, but they say the God is really within you. And then all of a sudden you have the tree hugger stuff and everything else that goes on around. I, I'm all for saving a tree. I mean, I, I'm, there's whatever, but that's not really the issue. God created that, but God is not a tree. He created it, but he is not that. But that's the presupposition, you know? And again, we're made to seem like we're the fools, because we're not worshiping those things or whatever. Spiritual host of wickedness, this pseudo or, you know, seeming spiritual, but not really being the true spiritual aspect of, of God. We see this all over the place in many different ways. We saw it certainly with the big wave of, remember, the New Age movement that blew kind of through. And it was just all that kind of stuff was all wrapped up in it. This next one, though, that we skipped over, let's go back to the second one, where it says, against powers, against the principalities and against powers. This is really the same thing as strong towers or strongholds. It's the same concept, same idea there that's implied. This, personal, this is personal demonic forces that seek to seduce us, trying to keep us under the power of our fleshly lusts and desires. So our attitudes, our thought processes about things, this is where the strongholds really start to lock in in our lives. Now, the stronghold is something that is really kind of oftentimes, it's the pillbox, Remember what the pillbox was? It was a reinforced bunker, right? The battle's been won, really. They invaded, but they had to go in and flush out or level out or remove that because they were dangerous. They were the snipers in there. They, were, they had weaponry. They were waiting for people to come up and they'd try and wipe them out. So that's a stronghold. You and I still struggle, even though we're born again, even though we've been forgiven all our sin, we're going to struggle because we live in these tents, those strongholds. Some of those things are leftovers from our past life. 
though the Lord would wipe those out, sometimes if we allow the enemy, we allow this to creep in, it can start to rebuild or redevelop in our lives. So Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, those first six verses, that we are engaged in a warfare. And our battle is not a fleshly battle, nor are we fight to fight it with fleshy energies, right? We're not supposed to be engaged in it that way. But the strongholds, the powers that hold us back, are to be pulled down or cast down. And even those things, those imageries or those imaginations that get in our minds, the only hold that Satan had on your life and my whole life was sin. The power of sin brought death. But Jesus conquered both the power of sin and death, right? That's what the Bible says. Jesus conquered sin and death. Okay, the power of sin and death, it was conquered. Well, what are we engaged? What is this that goes on then? It's those little pillboxes, those bunkers, one brick on another that get built up where the enemy would perch and try and snipe us and try and get at your life, get at my life. And we have got to continue to deal with those, rid ourselves of those, and it's a lifetime commitment. Because you see, do you ever find, do you ever, do you ever find this to be true? I know husbands and wives find this to be true. And I know as individuals, if we're honest, we find this to be true. But husbands and wives, we oftentimes find this to be true. Sometimes, most of the time, our issues, let's call it an argument, disagreement for some, I know. But whatever you'd like to choose to call it, we'll use disagreement. That seems more palatable, doesn't it? We have this disagreement with our spouse over something. Don't you find that it seems to be the same disagreement just wrapped up in different packaging most of the time? It's just wrapped up a little different. But it's usually the same beef down there in the core, the same issue that kind of resurfaces. Whatever it might be, your insecurities, their insecurities. Well, I know none of us have insecurities, but some other time, we're talking about other people, not us maybe. But you get what I'm saying. It's just these things in there that are there. And it's the same thing. And it's that enemy that seeks to just snipe us from these strongholds that are either there from our lives and and we, our life, know this, though, your life's secure in the Lord's hands. So we're really dealing with our effectiveness within the, the communication of the gospel and, and, and whether, whether we can be really utilized in the Lord's hands so that we want to let this stuff go or at least be honest about it, knowing that those things can happen to us so that then as those things are removed or pulled out, well, this is what we really got to get down to is how can this stuff be flushed out, removed, or dealt with. Ezekiel 8.12 was kind of an interesting thing. You might go back and read that later. This is extra credit. You can read that later for extra credit, extra devotional study. But Ezekiel was there, and the Lord told him, hey, man, peek through. This is what's really going on. He says, peek through this little hole and look in to the temple and see. And he sees the elders and all these you know, religious leaders there, and they're worshiping these foreign gods. And when you go through, you find out that, that then he, he tells him in, in verse 12, he says, yeah, but this was really what's happening in their minds. Their imaginations. They're allowing themselves to go places that they ought not to go. Our imaginations can be a great thing and can be a very dangerous thing. Depends upon what you're entertaining, right? 
You remember there were four main kind of gods that, that, that were there, and, and I don't think they're that different in their time than our time. The Ashtoreth was one, and it was the image of sensuality. So the image that can get in our minds, those imagery that gets in there, right? Of sensuality, things that would stimulate sensuality. The Baals, image of intellectualism, just worshiping the things of the mind and that we would have control over things and through our minds. Mammon, we're familiar with that. The image of the God of money. And just think of these things as Ezekiel's looking through and saying, these guys are worshiping the wrong thing. What's going on? They're not worshiping the one true living God. They're worshiping the images that are in their minds. This is where those areas for us that it can get in there and we've got to get rid of these things or allow God the power to get rid of these things. Let them in to deal with this. These images, idols, the gods in our minds. Molech, the image of the God of pleasure. All the things that we think of to entertain ourselves for pleasure purposes. So you really see the, the, the same things as the Ashrafs, the Baals, the Mammon, and Molech, we see the same things. It's just played out in different ways, isn't it? But the imagery in our minds can, can get in there. So the battle starts happening in our mind where the stronghold can be, where the enemy can get in and try to pick us off or cause us to be less effective in our representation of the communication of the gospel. You remember what happened in Joshua chapter 6. We read through this not that long ago in our Old Testament studies on Wednesday night. And in Joshua chapter 6, they had gone in, just like us, they've, they've entered into this new life following the Lord. They've got, they're born again, they've got this new life. They're representing this, this spirit-filled life as they're following the Lord by faith, right? But they go in and now all of a sudden there is what? The first thing they encounter is a, it's a stronghold, Jericho. It's the first thing they encounter, this big, giant enclosed area, big, walled, secure place. And what does God tell them to do? Oh, for the next six days, just march around that thing. Once a day, just go march around it. Take a look at it. What do you think about that stronghold? It's good for us to step back a little bit and say, Lord, show me. What are the strongholds? Because it seemed insurmountable. It seemed impossible. It seemed like there was no way they're going to be able to do it. The seventh day, march around it seven times, and then do what? Proclaim the victory, and they were to shout, remember, the victory. Now, this gets into this, the proper understanding. Brothers and sisters, hear me on this. I do not want to be misunderstood. The proper understanding of a word of faith. Not trying to create your own reality, okay, because that's not what I'm saying. But that God told them to proclaim the victory. And with that shout, what happened? The miraculous. The wall came down, didn't it? The stronghold was defeated by the proclamation from the Lord that they were given, but they by faith had to shout that out. See, you and I spend a lot of our time in the negative swirl of, I can't, it's not going to work out for me, I'm glad it's going good for them, I'm just going to be stuck with this struggle forever, it's never going to go good for me, blah, 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 until we go right down the toilet bowl, you know? We're just in that swirl of negativity, right, that can happen to any one of us. 
But how's God going to work in that? How's God going to work in that if we're not really trusting him? He brought you to that point to see that stronghold for what it is. Not to wince and, and pull back, but to say, Lord, where is the victory in this? What am I to do? Well, first, certainly that proclamation or that audible voice saying, hey, think about it. Ephesians, not Ephesians, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. The Lord said, you know, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That we may say, that we may, what? Boldly say, the Lord is my helper, whom shall I fear? You know, that we may boldly say, now that means to say it, to stand on the promise of God. Now, that leads to a lot of things with this is, how am I going to know that if I, if, I, if I don't know the word, how am I going to know the promises? Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. There you go. Let the weak say, I am strong. Do you say that? I'm strong in the Lord, not in our own might, but in the strength of the Lord. This is right thinking from a biblical perspective. How did you come to salvation? Romans 10, 6 through 10, how did you come to salvation? We believe with our heart and we say it. With our mouth, don't we? Believe in our heart. We say it with our mouth. That, pro, that, that verbal understanding that we get it, that we receive it, that we're going to say it from the... And again, this is a right understanding of this idea of a word spoken fitly in faith. Trusting the Lord for it. Again, not the negative swirl that we can get in, saying that we're just stuck in this, we're victims of this, there's nothing else we can do, because this is what it boils down to. You and I would then be saying that we're victims of those towers, those strongholds, and we're saying that, you know, that's just the way I am. That's just how I react to things. I just fly off the handle. That's just how I am. Whatever it might be. Well, I'm just wrapped up in all kinds of weird lust. I mean, that's just how I am, you know? Whatever it might, whatever the thing might be, the stronghold, it doesn't matter. All I think about is money, you know? Whatever it might be, whatever the issue might be, all I can think about is riding my bike. I just want to ride my bike. I get, drive great pleasure, I just ride my bike. I, all I can think about is riding my bike. Whatever it might be, we can just get absorbed in these things and they can become strongholds where the enemy would seek to kind of pick us off and distract us because you see, he can't get at your salvation. But he can get at you to keep you from getting other people, right? What are we wrapped up in today? This total apathy. God help us, not us, I hope. But so much around us, the church is just because we don't believe in the power of the word of God. We're not sure if it's really the truth. We are, I'm absolutely certain. But there are those that aren't sure. And so then it's all, everything's up in question. And so you just get apathetic. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, we'll just see, I guess, how it works out. I, I, you know, well, that's not what God's called us to. We're to make our calling an election sure. We're to know that we know that we know. What did Gideon do in chapter six? And the Lord revealed himself to him. Again, this is a portion of scripture we covered not that long ago on our Wednesday evening. 
But in Judges chapter 6, Gideon, he was told, as God revealed himself to him, now he's kind of hiding out, you know, just kind of, you know, doesn't want the Midianites to come and attack. You know, he's just kind of, you know, throwing his grain up in the air, kind of doing his thing, and just kind of, kind of down in this area where nobody, maybe he's not going to be seen because he did not want to get ripped off by the enemy. And then the Lord shows up. Dude, what are you doing, man? And just really comes along and, and calls him to what he's supposed to do and says, I mean, you can get out of this hiding place type thing, and I, I need you to go. And he tells him to go because your family has been worshiping these idols. I want you to go, and I want you to knock those things down and get rid of them. That was, uh, so verses 11 and 12 of chapter 6, and then 25, 26, and 27 of chapter 6, those uh, verses also. Basically, we're going to wrap this up real quick right here. The idea is, is there's a couple of things we're supposed to do. The strongholds, they're a part of living in this tent. They happen. But we don't want to keep building them up, right, by entertaining things that we shouldn't be entertaining, right? We don't want to keep, keep constructing these things. So we've got to stop that. When it comes into our minds, stop that. And then we've got to stand on and proclaim the promises from God's word. We've got to trust God and proclaim, speak those things out. That the Lord is able to do that, give us victory in those areas because of the finished work of the cross. I'm secure in my relationship with him and I can be still effective as I'm not contemplating and getting lost in the power that there is in the stronghold. It's a deception of the enemy to cause us to be less effective in our walk. I think what the Lord's telling Gideon, really, is to take action. He tells him to go get those, 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 uh, some of the bulls and stuff and, the, and push over, knock down, get rid of the idols that are there. Those, those, things, those things that are there that would affect, that are taking the place of, of God. Take action and get rid of those strongholds. I believe Acts 2.42 is a great portion of Scripture. And whenever I talk to somebody about what's going on in their, their walk, they're struggling, I, I ask these questions. How's your prayer time with the Lord? How's your quiet time, meaning how is your time in the Word, your devotion, spending time in the Word with the Lord? Prayer, the Word. Are you in fellowship with other believers? Are you interacting with other believers? Are you having good koinonia? Prayer, the Word, fellowship. Do you partake of the bread and the cup? Are you, are you involved in communion? All, all four of those are very important ingredients in the journey. And I've just we got it simplified, keeping it really simple today so we don't get all sidetracked on a bunch of stuff. Because you and I always are going to face issues in our journey. There's always going to be battles. There's always going to be things that we didn't maybe make the right decision on. There's a stronghold here, a situation there. The enemy's going to be trying to pick us off and get us messed up. But man, the battles that we're engaged in are warfare. It's not a fleshy battle. It's a spiritual thing, and we need to war spiritually with it. First off, I believe absolutely knowing, the, getting into the word, knowing what some of the promises might be, and then you can proclaim them and stand on them and take God at his word. That's important, imperative. The next thing that you, we see is, man, take action. Get, bulldoze those things down. Paul the apostle said, make no provision for the flesh and its desires. Make no provision for it. You're struggling with pornography? Get off the internet. 
If you're struggling with pornography, get off the internet. Well, I, I, it's just every time I walk by, I got this stack of magazines. Every time I walk by, I just get rid of them. You see, that's the dozer, the bulldozer. Bulldoze it. Get rid of it. Deal with it. Take action on it. Make no provision. And that could be any number of things. It doesn't matter. But just bulldoze it. Get rid of it. And let the Lord give the Lord opportunity to drive the bulldozer. That's great. Three things, quickly. Identify the strongholds. That's important for us. Psalm 139, 23. Man, let the Lord search your heart. Psalm 139, verse 23. Let the Lord search your heart. Get rid of the strongholds. Identify them. Find out what they are. Identify. If you don't know what you're dealing with, then you don't know what you're dealing with, right? So identify it. Let God's word have the victory. Take the ground back. Take the ground back. You see, the enemy's not going to give up the ground. Those guys were, were commissioned, and they were going to sit there with their weaponry until they were killed and removed from the pillbox. They, they were going to sit there, and they were going to keep firing and keep doing everything they could do because they perceived the Allied forces as the enemy, right? And so they sat there, and they were going to keep fighting until that was removed, until they were taken out. The enemy's not giving up ground in your life or my life easily. We've got to take that ground back in the Lord. That's what Paul, that's this whole discussion. That's what Paul's talking about. Taking that back, getting rid of those strongholds. We've got to stay with the victory. We've got to press on, Philippians 3.12. We've got to press on. Keep moving forward. Lay hold of that for which he has laid hold of you. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward. I move forward in the Lord. And then pursue the Lord with an act of faith. Take action. Acts 2.42, stay in the word, stay in fellowship, be in prayer, and seek for opportunity as we gather together for the bread and the cup to take communion. Let God identify the strongholds, the first one. In and through God's word, claim the victory. Trust the Lord for the victory. Press on, Philippians 3.12. And then pursue the Lord in active faith. Active, pursue him. And let the Lord have his way. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening today. I know as God's word goes out, it accomplishes the purposes for which he sent it. And I know that sometimes we hear a message like today's message and the Lord really starts to tug on our hearts. And if God's tugging on your heart and you've not been walking with the Lord and you want to get close with the Lord or you want to start a new life with Jesus, it's just a simple prayer away. You know, Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, without the Lord, we're already perishing. We're perishing in our sin. We need a savior. We need help. And you know, I, I know you know that. I know you're hearing that. I know you're sensing that. And this is your opportunity to call out to the Lord and ask him to be your personal Lord and savior. So I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about having a relationship getting to know someone, 
by introduction. And so this is an introduction. I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus, and he wants to make himself real to you. He loves you. He loves this world, and he loves you personally. He knows how many hairs you have on your head or how few you have. He knows what color they are. He knows the color of your eyes. He knows how tall you are. He knows everything about you. The Bible says that he loves you with a perfect love. And he wants you to believe on him and have everlasting life that you can spend all eternity with him. If you would, just pray this simple prayer of faith with me. Jesus, I want to open up my heart to you. Lord, I want to have everlasting life. I want to ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I humble myself before you, Lord. I know I need you. I know that I've fallen short and sinned in many ways in many areas of my life. And so I ask that you would just come in and make my life new. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for everlasting life that now is mine in you. I ask that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I might walk with you and have life abundant. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, the service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.